0: I have a lot of good stories about hospitality and meals, where I was welcomed to other people's table uh, with power. Uh, Yesterday, Linda and I uh, had a kind of a peaceful, quiet day. Uh, 20 years ago, not so much. Mm -hmm. 20 years ago, it was a day when we rushed to John Adams Elementary to pick up our children. Um, and oftentimes we only remember that day through the fire and destruction that came upon our country. But last night on Apple TV, we watched, uh, we watched a, t- a show, uh, that was a live recording of a Broadway play called Come, uh, Come From Away, and it's about Gander. Uh, in Newfoundland, which was a forgotten airport. Uh, for a long time, it was the last stop to fly across the Atlantic for planes to land and refuel so they could get across the Atlantic. And then the jet age came, and stopping off was no longer necessary. And so there is this big airport, and there are all these planes on the way to the United States on 9 11 in the year 2001. And 38 of those planes were diverted to what is a tiny town of 9,000 people. Uh, and about six to 7,000 passengers were landing at the airport. Um, there are about 500 rooms in hotels in, in Gander. And so. We watched this show. It's really, really well done. Uh, It's only available, I think, on Apple Plus TV. But the show was just a powerful reminder. I I spent most of my time remembering the kinds of things that Mr. Rogers said. As we think about 9-11, we watch burning buildings in our mind and sat transfixed on our, our television sets watching all the destruction. And we keep forgetting about all of the helpers that run in, all of those first responders who ran into the building, or in the case of Gander, a whole town mobilized to find places for people to uh, sleep and eat and stay and be cared for. 38 uh, jets that had a different plan. And yet the hospitality of this town was Remarkable. Was remarkable. Um, and it's a, it's a powerful kind of story of what table does to welcome people. What it's like. You know, as soon as Gander discovered the mayor, who, the mayor who had been there for, you know, uh, he was the mayor until 2017, and he was the mayor, I guess, first elected in 1996, so he was the mayor for a long time, declared it a state of emergency. They opened up all their schools. They opened up the floor of every place they could find. Eventually, people were invited to come to people's homes, stay in their guest bedrooms, use their shower, be taken care of. Huge banquets uh, were thrown at the, uh, at the various halls around town to feed all of these folks. And it's that kind of image I want this table to be for us. You see, as we are coming through, and we're not on the far side yet of a pandemic, we're coming through a time where many of us have lived in a kind of isolation. Just a few of us able to gather by ourselves. And if we were able to partake of worship, it was online. We watched. And and we felt that kind of isolation And the sense of hospitality where we might have thrown our doors open to anybody who came wasn't safe to do that. One of the things I have loved about being the pastor of St. James is since 1994, communion has been on this or another table before it. Every Sunday morning when we gathered, there was communion to share. Do you know that the early church didn't have communion like we have communion. What they did is they gathered for meals in people's houses. And somewhere near the end of the meal, someone who was the host of the meal would pick up the bread and hold it up, pick up the cup and hold it up, and suddenly the bread and the cup were something more than they were before. Everyone was reminded of the power of the blessing of sharing a meal together. You don't just eat with anybody. Now today's story happens to come from the Old Testament, but most of the rest of the stories we're gonna take a look at are from the new. They're stories of how Jesus was invited to people's houses, how people hosted, hosted meals for each other, sometimes for the right reason, Sometimes for questionable reasons, but that gathering around the table was seen as something special because you didn't just let anybody come to your table sometimes, you know, and Jesus was trying to break open that tradition, that way of looking at it. So we're going to be looking at the table as a variety of things, but today we're looking at it as welcome, as surprise guests welcome at the table. and. Uh, There's nothing more appropriate in terms of a story that fits into that for me than the story of Abram, uh, the ancestor of our Jewish sisters and brothers and us, uh, Christian siblings, and they see Abram as uh, uh, our, our Muslim siblings see that they are of the Abrahamic line as well. And so here's Abram, and we are finding him in chapter 18 of Genesis. Now here's the story. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre, as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. So it was in the middle of the day. That's the heat of the day he looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, my Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass your servant. Let a little water be brought to wash your feet and rest yourself under the tree. Let me bring a little bread that you may refresh yourselves and after that you may pass on since you have come to your servant. So they said, do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent of Sarah and said, make ready quickly, three measures of choice flour, knead it and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf tender and good and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took the curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set it before them. And he stood by. Under the tree, while they ate. For us, the table is a reminder of something more than us. It reminds us there's a place that always is set for us at God's table. There's always space at the table for one more I don't know if you've ever been to one of those. I I can still remember growing up and going to uh, a meal. Uh, We would have a meal at uh, my Aunt Jean's house, my dad's sister, uh, on Thanksgiving. And there would be tables everywhere because uh, my Aunt Jean, there were three boys, and they were substantially older than, than me and my siblings. And so they had girlfriends, our wives, and children, and we all gathered, and there were card tables, and there were dining tables, and there were just stretched out, and there was always room. There was always room for one more. Whoever came was welcome at this humongous spread that is Thanksgiving. And that's what I see when I look at this table, and that's what I see when I read the story of Abraham. He was just minding his business in the heat of the day, in the middle of the day, and uh, when it's hot. And suddenly he sees three visitors. Now we happen to know, the, the narrator wants us to know, that it was the Lord who came to visit. Was it literally the Lord that came to visit, or was, as Jesus tells us, was it the least of these who came by, and if you do it to them, you do it to the Lord. I don't know but in any case he looks up and he sees three visitors now it's hot it's the middle of the day and he has a choice but he doesn't really have a choice these are probably thirsty and hungry uh, and weary travelers and hospitality in the Middle East is the highest ethic And so he brings a little water, because water is scarce. He's offering them something of great value to wash their feet. And then he sets a banquet before them that includes cakes or bread and a newly killed calf cooked for them, as well as curds and, you know, it was a banquet For strangers, he met in the middle of the day. Because that was what was right to do. There was always room at the table for the stranger. And the invitation was such that if you wander in, we'll take care of you. There's always room, there's always space. Now, see, when I think of the church, I think that's what we are supposed to be about. Whether it's in this space filled up with people and it's not quite full and it will be a while before people feel safe probably for it to be full again. But around your tables at home, while you are watching us online, whether you're at the table or you're in the living room or wherever you happen to be, that's a sacred space where you can encounter the riches of a God who invites you to that table. You don't have to wait until you're in the worship center to see a table as belonging to God because that table that's laid before you, whether it's a peanut butter sandwich uh, or a a sumptuous nine-course meal, it's God that is the provider of that meal for you. So when you sit down to share it together, Or sometimes when you are isolated and shared alone, you're not alone because that table is a pointer to a bigger table where everyone is welcome and everyone is known by name and everyone is loved as they are. That is the power of the table. God invites us to make space at our table because God also invites us to make space in our hearts. Now, what's interesting about hospitality is we tend to think about it, I, I know some of you, and some of you are just amazing at hospitality. But the truth is, hospitality is not just setting a beautiful table. It's opening our heart to the stranger. I, I was moved over and over again by this play I watched last night because I only had vaguely heard about Gander. I was moved over and over again to tears. I was exhausted by the end of the show, just by knowing that these people had stayed up three or four days to make sure every need of every one of these visitors was met. One woman who was the head of the SPCA made sure that all the pets got off of the planes and were fed, and one of them was uh, given its medication. I mean, these people were not expecting 38 planes to drop by any more than Abraham was expecting three people to drop by. And yet the call was to open not only their homes, but their hearts. And to provide a safe space for people who didn't even know what had happened because they were kept in isolation on the planes until they were even sure they could let them off. They didn't even know the story until they arrived, oftentimes, in their rooms or at the community center or at the local school where they were sleeping on the floor. And they watched the things that we had been watching all day long for the first time 12, 14 hours later. And they were there, the Gander people were there to hold their hands and to feed them food and to make sure they had a safe place to go to the bathroom and food to eat. They had too much food to go around by the end. They commandeered the local ice rink to become a makeshift refrigerator. Because they had so much food they had to store. It was to abundance. Because these people, ordinary everyday people like you and me. You see, we have lifted Abraham up to be this big dude. The father of our religion. And yet, really? He was just a guy who said yes. And when he saw three guys who needed a place to sit down for a minute, eat some food, and have some hospitality, he provided. He was an ordinary guy just like you and me. Or an ordinary gal just like you and me. Well, not me. He was an ordinary person. And he and Sarah provided a space, a hospitable space, You and I are ordinary people, each extraordinary, precious, infinitely in our own way, but everyday human beings. And we open our hearts and we open our tables sometimes to those most in need around us. And it doesn't just mean those who are most hungry and need food. Sometimes those most in need are those who are feeling most broken. Some of the most powerful Opportunities I've had to share food with people was when I went uh, and shared food with folks who were uh, after a funeral, a time when we would gather to, uh, to tell stories. Marge, who's sitting in the front row, I, I won't forget after we, uh, well, Actually, we celebrated after we we buried Fred as well. But when most recently when Thelma died and we all went to one of Thelma's favorite restaurants and we all sat down and we had food together and we talked about Thelma. Thelma was all about food. Thelma and Fred, when they came to St. James in the middle of the 90s, uh, took charge of our monthly fellowship dinners. And because of Fred and Thelma every month, some kind of meat was always provided by St. James. You brought something of your own, whatever it was, it was a covered dish, but you also uh, knew that there would be some delicious food that Fred and Thelma had been there eight hours cooking, uh, probably brought Marge and other members of the household to help them out. And that was the kind of hospitality that invited people in. That's the kind of hospitality we need to reclaim. That's the kind of hospitality I want us to be about. And whether you're able to be here in person or whether you're at home, I want that table to be a place where you know you're welcome. Say, it's my table, of course I feel welcome. Do you? And is it a big enough table that maybe someone else could join you there sometime when it becomes safe to do so? The truth is the table is a symbol of something much bigger. God's arms are always open to welcome the stranger. And sometimes we're that stranger. Sometimes we're that stranger the stranger that needs to be invited to the table, the strangers that's just tired, like those passengers on 38 airplanes on September 11th, 2001. We have the opportunity to once again reclaim the table as a place not that is exclusively for certain people, that's open for anyone, anyone who is hungry, anyone who is thirsty, anyone who needs strength and courage in this world, anyone who needs to know they are loved by God. Because you see, when we break the bread and take from the cup, we're reminded of a kind of love that gives itself away completely. And absolutely, a love that pours itself out, that doesn't grasp after and hold on to things, but gives it away. The infinite God of the universe poured God's self out into a human being, Jesus, who then poured himself out for us in the things that he did, in the things that he said, in the way that he loved, and ultimately in the way he gave his life away so that we might see the model of what our lives are about. Giving them away. Giving them away. The table is a reminder. We are blessed. We ought to see the blessing in each other. And we ought to make this a place of great hospitality, whether it's the worship table or your table at home. What would it take for us to be the welcoming people of God wherever we are, here or out there? What would it take? You have an assignment this week. Wherever you normally eat, whatever table you sit at. Maybe you don't sit at a table. Maybe you sit at TV trays. You know, we do that at my house sometimes too. Wherever you're sitting, I want you to see it for what it is, it's a place that's meant to remind you of hospitality. I want you to ask yourself, who would I welcome to this table, and who might I not welcome at this table? And is that really what God would want? This is not about feeling guilty. It's about recognizing that we have room to grow. We have room to make more space so that we're not just hospitable at the table, but we're hospitable in the heart. The table is an invitation and a welcome. One of the things we do every time we gather is to pray. We begin in a moment of silent prayer, I pray out loud for us, and then we pray the Lord's Prayer together, a version of which will be on the screen behind me, but you pray it in your own language, in the way you know it, uh, and that's perfectly fine. As I think about um, some of the things um, that draw my attention, we're still praying, for those of our allies who have not yet made it out of Afghanistan. I think we're praying to discern what have we learned about ourselves in the last 20 years uh, since we were attacked. What has it taught us about ourselves? What what has it shown about ourselves? I want us uh, to pray for a lady whom I know, whose name is Mary, who has inoperable brain cancer. I want us to pray for all the folks who face the possibility of eviction in our country. I want us to pray for our division. Uh, I remember September the 12th, 2001, I have never seen more of my neighbors and been greeted by them and welcomed as if we were together. And 20 years later, we are not together. And that saddens me greatly. Um, I don't want September the 11th 2001 to happen again, but I would like September the 12th to happen again. I would like to see us brought together. I would like to see us see each other through the eyes of love and camaraderie and unitedness. So I wanna pray for that, not only for us, but for the world, deeply divided, deeply divided, because we're all sure we're right. No matter which side we're on, we're sure we're the right ones. I want to give thanks for all of you who are here in person and online. And for all you do to make this world a better place. Random acts of kindness. And for now, that's enough. I'll begin. We'll begin in a moment of silence. I'll pray aloud and then we'll pray the Lord's prayer together. Could we enter into a moment of silent prayer? Oh, infinite and divine mystery. You invite us to your table that's always open for us, that that welcomes us by name. You are indeed the God of hospitality. It's always looking for another way to pour yourself out in welcoming us. we'd really kind of like to be more like you. We'd like that sense of center and purpose and love to flow out from our very hearts. We want to learn to see with the eyes of our hearts, to listen with the ears of our hearts, to the cries of this world, to the needs of this world, and we want to live into those moments. Much like Abram, you are always ready to receive us, and you seem never surprised to welcome us to table. For all the needs of the world in which we live, for all our brokenness, our division. We pray for healing. We pray that we would just learn to treat each other like other people. We pray, oh God, as well, that you would uh, open our eyes to see those who are rushing in to help others. We want to be thankful for folks like the folks in Gander 20 years later. We want to honor those who have been our allies who are in danger where they are now, and we want to pray for their safe uh, exodus from those places that are dangerous to them. We want to pray for a greater healing in our world and for all the tables that they would always be filled with your bounty and love and welcome. And we wanna pray all of that in the precious and holy name of your son, Jesus, who invites us to the same table and also models for us a prayer that we can pray together. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. You know, I remember, um, as I think about invitation to this table, I remember watching a game show, The Price is Right, and they would say, come on down. They would call you by name and say, come on down. Now, I'm not going to call you all by name and say, come on down. That would be a little disruptive. And those of online, I don't even know which ones are you exactly online right now. So I can't invite you to come on down. So it would be exclusive and it would be inappropriate. But I think that God is calling us that way. Come on down. Come on down. You are welcome at this table. This is my table. Uh, and by mine, I mean God's. So as as you think about whether or not you want to come to this table, know that you are welcome and invited. Now, at the same time, it's not in keeping with your faith. You don't have to come. If you're at home and you don't want to lift up the bread and the cup at home and let it be communion for you, you don't have to. But if you do, when I lift up the bread, you lift up your bread at home or whatever is representing bread. When I lift up the cup, you lift up your cup at home whatever your cup is, and let it be communion for you. But it's all about knowing God is saying, come on down. You are welcome, you are loved, you are infinitely precious. But you're also welcome not to come because that's hospitality too. There's room for you, but there's also room if you choose not to come for whatever reason. The same time that we serve communion we receive our morning offering offering plates are in the back for financial gifts you can give using the amazon uh, wish list uh, to our west end food pantry you can give online you can text to give those are all you can mail in a check if you so desire these are all possibilities for giving this is also a moment for you to reflect so What do you think about hospitality? Is your table open? If you felt safe enough, and by safe enough, I mean because of the pandemic, would anybody be welcome at your table? And who might not be welcome? And why might they not be welcome? It's an opportunity to consider, if God is willing to welcome us all, what is it that shuts us off from that same welcome? Uh, Maybe stretch ourselves a little bit. Last of all, how do we do communion? Online, you may take communion any way you choose. Once you've blessed it, you may share it with whomsoever you wish, and that's good. Here, we just serve the bread. Though there's grape juice in the cup, we just serve the bread for safety purposes. So anyone who is here, I'll come forward, hold their hands. I serve and I will place, place, break and place a piece of bread in their hands and say the words, This is the body of Christ for you. You know, in the same night Jesus was betrayed, he gathered with people he loved. And they did what he did a heck of a lot. If you read the Gospels, they had a meal. They ate together. But this meal was a little unusual because while they were eating that meal, Jesus took bread from the table, he gave thanks for it, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and he said, I want you to take and eat this. This is my body. It's broken for you. Do this as often as you will in remembrance of me. Also after supper, Jesus took the cup. When he had given thanks, he gave it to his disciples and he said, I want you to drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so it is in remembrance of a God who already loves us and claims us, to whom we are each infinitely precious and unconditionally loved, that we come to this table asking that God would make this be for us, the body and blood of Christ, that we would be for the world, the body of Christ with open hospitality to all those who need the love of God, which is, guess what? Everybody. Quite frankly, it's everything, too, uh, that we would be open and hospitable, not only at our tables, but in our hearts to the God who loves us. But even when we fail, and guess what? Got some news for you. You're going to. Even when we fail, all of us redeemed by his blood, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.